Hi there, this is Kerry Tennyson. It's Thursday, August 6, 2020, and this is the Since You Asked podcast. And I have to tell you, I'm just going to go straight into the column this week. Column is in two parts today because I wrote this sort of uh, impressionistic response that had to be taken as a whole, I felt. And so all the other useful, thoughtful, more cognitive uh, material... I didn't want to throw it away because some of it was really good. So um, I did this in, in two pages. I'm calling the second page an addendum. So this is it. It's, it's called Help. I have a 17-year-old daughter. Dear Carrie, I'm a twice-divorced 54-year-old woman entrepreneur who supports herself through the practice of her craft. I have a 17-year-old daughter. She is bright, creative, articulate, sleeps a lot, and talks to her friends and boyfriend on the phone, is an artist, cartoonist, and enjoys studying underwater hydrothermal vents. And that um, I have linked to the Wikipedia page because I find it uh, extraordinarily interesting. That, that's, that's an aside. She goes on to say, Senior year is around the corner and the world has gone mad. We live in a hot spot. Returning to high school where wearing goggles and a mask in an overcrowded school is mandatory does not appear to be an environment conducive to learning. She is enrolled at the local community college where she can get a free year of college, but she doesn't drive. Time seems to be collapsing, and she appears to be clueless about what to do with her life. I can totally relate, but at the same time, I want to scream at her, get up. Help yourself. Help me help you. She doesn't know what to do with herself. I've done all that I can. Single-handedly provided a pretty good upbringing. Cell phones, some nice travel, visits with out-of-state family, transportation to the few events she wants to attend and can't get a ride for, all with very minimal support, financial or otherwise, from her father. I never insisted she'd do anything she wasn't comfortable with, And now it seems she is uncomfortable being in the real world. I get it. I'm not all that comfortable there myself, but I don't have a choice. Now I fear she's a little lazy and lacks direction because I never pushed her. Growing up, I was never pushed into anything, and I did a bunch of stuff in high school. She was never pushed, and it appears to me she's been in hiding. It's her journey. I am feeling compelled to push her with love and compassion and strength, and I don't know how. When I try to talk to her about it, she becomes defensive, and everything I say comes out wrong. Help. Thanks a lot, Mom. Dear a mom. At first I wrote, Dear Mom, but that felt just a tad awkward. My favorite part is the underwater hydrothermal vents part. You say she enjoys studying them, which means she enjoys thinking about them, which means they have an emotional meaning for her, likely a metaphorical meaning. The underwater environment is cold and silent. The ocean is a relatively thin layer of water bounded by air on one side and earth on the other. The surface of the earth underwater is for the most part an impenetrable thing, a boundary past which we cannot go. We rarely get a glimpse of what is inside there. We just walk around on the surface, or we swim down to the bottom of the ocean, the ocean floor. But an underwater hydrothermal vent is an opening into the earth, 
a hole in the boundary between outside and inside, and out of that hole, out of the unknowable earth, spills warm water from inside the earth. What an amazing thing to know that inside the earth it is really hot, amazingly hot, and things are going on that we normally never know about, and that this warm water can spill into the cold, silent ocean, perhaps warming it up a little bit, that you could perhaps be underwater in this cold, still, dark place and sit by one of these thermal vents. Maybe you could feel the heat of the earth on your skin. What a beautiful thought. The other thing about these vents is that they appear to harbor or have harbored Earth's earliest known life forms. What a staggering thought. Your daughter is not immune to beauty, nor is she immune to metaphor. Maybe this metaphor says something about her. For her, life now may be much like the cold, silent underwater world. She may be floating around, voiceless, alone, unable to speak, unable even in that environment to breathe without a tank, and the tank will run out. It has not an endless supply of oxygen. So her time in this medium is finite. She may be sensing how finite that time really is. Perhaps for the first time she is sensing that her time in this wondrous but cold world is finite, that she can visit the source of warmth pouring out of the earth, but she will eventually have to surface to return to life with other people, perhaps a life that is thinner, less concentrated, less amazing, but also full of greater possibilities. And of course, the possibilities of life are what bedevil a 17-year-old. People start talking to her about choices, making choices, and what does she know about choices? All she knows is the dream, the dream of being underwater, being close to the thermal vent, but then she may intuit this also. We are what we dream. We are not our collection of avatars and roles. We are not our grades or our occupations. We are most profoundly what we dream. She has a beautiful dream. That doesn't mean she's happy. Nobody is happy. We're only happy in our dreams, and our dreams are short. If you can let go of her and trust her not to run, trust that you have some magnetism still, that she is drawn to you if you will let her be drawn to you and just sit with her and know that this is an amazing moment, that she is your child, that this moment is mostly filled with things you cannot know and cannot control, but is still all the more amazing for that. If you can just be there with her, finding the right distance, maybe that will be enough. She has moved out of the realm of your protection and into the realm of consequence. So if you can find your proper distance, far enough away to let her fall, but close enough to catch her, maybe that will be enough. So you can see why I had a certain cadence in this and I just wanted to continue it and, and stop there. But then, as I often do, I had more to say, or at least I felt like I had more to say, and I wanted to say it, and I wanted to put it out there, and what the hell, you can read it or not read it. But I, so I made an addendum, and it's called Addendum to I Have a 17-Year-Old Daughter. Dear a mom, I'm still addressing her like that, um, a few more things, less ordered and 
quasi-poetic. You say time seems to be collapsing. You also say that she sleeps a lot. It's good that she sleeps a lot because this article, and I link to it, you can find it on the written part. This article refers to a study of almost 28,000 teens where researchers found that most of them were not getting the recommended nine hours of sleep a night. New paragraph. The most important thing to remember is that your relationship with your child is changing. That's a link to another helpful site, as is this one. As your children grow, they need you less. That's another site. And here's a link from the Wikipedia. A 2016 genetic study concluded that the last universal common ancestor that's of humans, I suppose, or pretty much of all human life, the LUCA, may have lived in deep-sea hydrothermal vents 3.5 to 3.8 billion years ago. And these are just other random thoughts. It would be helpful to know your daughter's personality type, i.e. the Myers-Briggs type indicator. I don't have kids, so in offering you advice, I'm like a mechanic who's never driven a car. At the root of your problem is the profound and vexing truth that as human beings, we are powerless over other human beings. This is such a huge truth that it should be written in Latin on public buildings. This huge truth does two things. It rescues other people from our tireless attempts to fix them. And it throws us back upon ourselves, the self, which is our proper subject. I've never been a parent, but I know what it is like to want to help someone who is unreachable. What I have learned is that all we can do is try to approach people with love. A lot of that means shut the fuck up. And shutting the fuck up for some of us is the hardest thing in the world because using words is how we wield what we think is our power, but it's not. What we think is our power, but it's not. It's our weakness. The thought occurs to me that whatever you think is your power is probably your weakness, as it is also my weakness. The things we tell ourselves. We tell ourselves that because we feel powerful, we are powerful. We tell ourselves that because we think things make sense, things make sense. As if she has climbed a tree and you have resisted calling out to her, telling her to come down, you have watched nervously from below as she navigates the branches. You have pretended not to be watching as you watch. You busy yourself with a tablecloth for the picnic you are planning while she is up there in the tree, testing the branches, moving farther up, moving farther out on a branch that may break or may not. Now here's an interesting statement you might think about. It's a statement that you made I never insisted she'd do anything she wasn't comfortable with, and now it seems she is uncomfortable being in the real world. Do you see the possible connection? Her relatively protected status may have given her the expectation that life can be lived without discomfort. That might lead her to think that when she feels discomfort, there is something wrong, whereas discomfort is actually a form of intelligence. So if you have shielded her from discomfort and disappointment, well, in any case, you can't anymore. 
This means that you yourself are going to be uncomfortable watching her be uncomfortable. But you have weathered more discomfort than she has. Maybe you can share some of that with her. How to deal with life when it's uncomfortable. As it will be. As you know. As perhaps you would like to avoid telling her. But which she undoubtedly already knows. Another note. You know exactly what is going on, but it hurts anyway. The things you used to do won't work now. And this is the final paragraph of this collection of little observations and addendum. This is going to be a really hard time, and your daughter is not going to help because she's got her own stuff to deal with. So I suggest you orient yourself toward finding some support for yourself. That might mean friends, it might mean family, it might mean groups of parents, it might mean a lot of things, including professionals. But I sense that you are strong and independent and in a habit of independence, and that is a good thing, but that habit of independence may also get in the way of your seeking support when you really need it. And I think that in these next two or three years, you're really going to need it. Because who is looking after you? You've always looked after yourself. You've looked after your daughter. You've looked after the house. Who's looking after you?